Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode 99 of 101 here on the Legacy Maker Sports Network. I am so glad to be here today for episode 99. We are one away, one away from 100. And when we started this during the pandemic, didn't know we would get this far. At first, it was like, all right, we'll see what happens. But now we are here, and now it has become such a fun part of uh, my life and to go on from there but today but today you know finally i get a chance to bring on one of the best in the game i know y'all say hey, you say that stuff all the time no, no the people i run into the people i bring on here they are the best in the game and and this gentleman right here is one of the best in the game writer for sports uh illustrated fan nation he does the bucks he does the wizards with myself and he does uh the commanders so that's commanders country bucks game day and inside the wizards oh and that's there's a little bit more y'all look there's a little bit more uh (laughs) that this gentleman does he also is the host of locked on bucks and commanders on the locked on uh podcast network my man mr david harrison how you doing today sir Oh, I'm doing great, man. I appreciate the intro. That's that's kinder words than I probably deserve, but I appreciate it. We're not going to talk like that. Uh, all all <laughs> deserve one of the best and one of the most humble guys I know. And it's an honor to get on here to, and to chop it up and talk to you today, brother. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Uh, I've been looking forward to it. We scheduled this a while back. I've been looking forward to it ever since, though. I know, man. I feel like it's funny. I, I, when I started, you know, reaching out to everybody for season four, I was like, man, we're in May, but I tried to get everything lined up. And now it's, it, it popped up really fast as the season started going. I was like, man, every boom, boom. But now we're here. Uh, and once again, we are glad to have you, brother. Yeah, man. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get it started with the thing we love to do the most here on and the most important thing that we do on here. And that is the check in. Before we get rolling good, before we get into all the sports talk, all the fun stuff, how's David Harrison doing? How is the family? How's the friends? How's everything going on right now for David Harrison? How's that? How's that working out for you, brother? Oh, man, I, I can't complain. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm living living the dream that I always wanted to live. You know what I mean? Doing what I want to do for for work and provide my family the life that, uh, you know, that, that they want and makes them happy and makes us happy. And, uh, you know, we've got animals just running all over my home and property and that makes my wife happy and you know my, my kids are employed and out of jail and you know doing those not that they've been in jail but you know what i mean they're staying out <laughs> right right and that's that's all you can that's all you can ask for you know what i mean that and, and, and a little bit of luck in the health department and and you know we're, we're rolling through hey well look man you know happy wife 
happy life. That is not 100%. just a slogan that people say. I'm pretty sure they would agree with me. I've been married yeah. myself 17 years, going on 18, yeah. and if she's happy. Yeah. If you can get through that, and she's happy, you're gonna you're you're gonna enjoy your life a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You make your wife look. You make your wife a queen. You become a king. You know what I mean? That's that's how this works. So. Touche, sir. Touche. Well, let's kind of get into it. Let's let's talk and learn about Mr. David Harrison. So, David, I wanted to know uh, when you were younger, David, and we're talking about mm -hmm. you know between eight, nine, ten, eleven years old. Where did that passion for sports come from? Where did you first get that initial like, man, I love sports. You know, uh, you know, why am I so infatuated with sports? Where did that kind of come from for you? Yeah, it has to come from my father. You know what I mean? I come from a, a fairly small family like my father, uh, you know, where he's from and where the rest of kind of our extended family is from isn't where, you know, I grew up like he was in the army. So we grew up uh, moving around the, the world, really. And, and then especially the country as well. So, you know, I really had kind of a, a very small circle of family members. And, you know, he was always kind of uh, the sports guy. He's an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. He grew up right outside Columbus, Ohio. So, of course, I was raised to be a Buckeye fan. And, you know, like all Buckeye babies, I've got the onesie pictures of me wearing Ohio State <laughs> stuff. I had a I had a stuffed Brutus the Buckeye when I was a kid. And and all that. I bought my son a, a stuffed Brutus the Buckeye when he was born. You know what I mean? So just kind of following that tradition and. Uh, you know, and then, of course, you know, him being in the in the army, like that competitiveness uh, and that competitive nature that he kind of brought through in his profession and, and also just in his personality really just kind of bled over uh, in, into into me. And so, I mean, football, you know, football by itself has been just kind of part of my memories from, you know, my youngest days, like the earliest memories I have. There's something related to football, whether it's wearing something to a zoo or whether it's going to uh, Frankfurt Galaxy games in, in Germany, actually, to this day. My favorite American football team of all time is and probably will always be the Frankfurt Galaxy of the old uh, World League. And, you know, that's kind of a, a weird thing to tell NFL fans because a lot of NFL fans <laughs> these days don't even know who the Frankfurt Galaxy were. They don't, they don't uh, actually. Yeah, I mean, they actually still do exist. They're just they have no affiliation to the NFL whatsoever anymore. But, you know, that's kind of where it began. And then he was never like a football or a basketball uh, hockey fan. Baseball, I think he liked the Reds, if I remember correctly. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. when we uh, moved to Colorado. He, were, he retired out of Fort Carson, Colorado. So when we got there and I was kind of becoming, you know, a teenager and and starting to get like my own thought processes, that's when I became a Rockies fan, a Nuggets fan, an Avalanche fan, uh, you know, and, and that kind of started my appreciation of other sports. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a huge baseball fan these days. Like, you know, if, if you ask like Troy Tulowitzki playing for the Colorado Rockies, probably the last time I was really <laughs> paying attention to baseball. So that kind of tells you how long it's been. Well, about but, you know, I still enjoy the ballpark and <laughs> Orioles games are, are amazing. So anybody in the right. DMV, like Orioles games uh, are amazing. I've, I've, I haven't been to a Nats game yet. Um, honestly, I, I used to work in and around the na national stadium uh, at Fort McNair. And uh, I just, I hated driving around there for work, and I, I didn't want to spend any of my off time in this in the exact same area. So I haven't been to a Nats game, but someday I will go to a Nats it's like, game. It's, like, it's too close. It's too close. And, you know, it's funny uh, because yeah. I've been to one Nats game and went to one Orioles game. I got to see the Nats play the Mets. Like, it was the first ever major league game I went to. That was a long time ago. My brother, then me and my brother went to see the Mariners take on, you know, I'm a big Mariners fan. So I got to go see the Mariners take on Baltimore, you know, and I got to see my boy uh, Nelson Cruz go to work that day. <laughs> and everybody was scoring uh, on, on that day. Uh, you know, and it's funny, me and you talked uh, during uh, OTAs about your Frankfurt Galaxy, um, <laughs> you know, uh, love. And mm -hmm. I was wondering, did you have, are you any closer to the getting that Frankfurt Galaxy jersey? 
No, man. I, you know, <laughs> uh, I will give a lot of credit to the Frankfurt Galaxy people. Like I messaged the instant. So the, the Frankfurt Galaxy, I can't remember the name of the league anymore. It's like the European American Football League or something. It's, you know, completely independent. It's a European league that they have mm-hmm. no, like I said, they have no NFL or American affiliations uh, anymore. But um, I messaged them a while back and I was like, hey, you know, I'm a Frankfurt Galaxy fan from like the late 80s, early 90s. I really, you know, want some, some gear and stuff like that. I would love to rep the rep the team or whatever. And they tried, man. Like they tried their hardest. I mean, they were messaging me back and forth. Like the customer service was through the roof. They just couldn't make it happen. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the hang up is, but they just couldn't get it to where uh, they could let me pay them in dollars because uh, their website only takes euros and is and, and all that stuff. And uh, and then ship it to America. And I even told them, like, I don't care what the shipping cost is. I'll pay the shipping cost. Uh, you know, any 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 diehard fans out there know what I'm talking about. Like that's what you're willing to do. <laughs> go through. You just get like a hat and a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Um, just told their logo is different now. It's darker purple and it's gold. And and you know, back in my day, uh, kind of dating myself, it was like a lighter purple and orange. You know what I mean? So, right. Uh, I think somewhere in my father's house, he used to have his Frankfurt Galaxy jersey. It was a, a, just a generic. It just had Galaxy on the back, and I'm, I'm pretty sure he has it somewhere. So maybe someday, <laughs> you got to break it out. Get a little a or something. Yeah, hey, come in the Commanders can't rock in the Frankfurt jersey. <laughs> hey man, hey, hey you know I play. wore I wore my Nuggets hat. I wore my hey. Nuggets hat when they when they made the finals. And you speak of the Mariners, actually, I do want to throw out like before the Rockies, I was actually a huge Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, fan. Um, so of course because of that, I was a Mariners fan. Like the beginning of a Rod, Jay Buner, oh, you know Edgar Martinez, like all those guys. Obviously, Randy Johnson. Like I was a big Mariners fan because of because of Junior, because of Griffey. Right. Um, actually, in Little League, I used to wear Ken Griffey Junior's number, and uh, I did a lot of shame to that number. I should not have been allowed. To <laughs> number, but, uh, That's too funny. You know, so I still, if a Mariners game is on, I'm clicking through. I still stop to watch Mariners games from time to time. So, there's nothing. Know, there's I've nothing, gotten to them. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, the Mariners are still. You know, like I said, it's still in my heart. They're the only one of my teams that have, have not been to a um you know their major sports championship you know my avalanche i guess our avalanche uh we we got a chance we got a chance to see one last year look it's back there somewhere bam uh and and so you know the you know our avalanche you know maybe not the the what we what we saw this year probably not what we wanted to see but we did get a we got a stanley cup last year that was really good to see uh you know and my story i always tell people like they they always ask me like, how did you become a Colorado Colorado Avalanche fan being so far away? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, the funny story about that, there's one thing, and that's NHL '94. But in NHL '94, mm-hmm. they were the Quebec Nordiques. That was the only team I played with on that game. So when the new game came out, and I'm like, uh-huh. damn, where are the Colorado? I mean, where are the Quebec Nordiques? I couldn't find them, and come to find out they're in Colorado, and there it is. Nope. 25 almost 30 years later and that's why i'm a colorado avalanche fan but with all that being said i think that uh, year is the first time i bought that game isn't it crazy like to play the colorado avalanche yeah i mean it's right i wasn't a huge (laughs) hockey fan but they moved to colorado i'm like that's my team you know there it is (laughs) i'm right there with you i got look got both games sitting right there the 94 i think i got 94 and 95 sitting in there i haven't played i can play them after we do this but uh with that being said um you know you talked about the military now you also were mm-hmm. in the military uh just yeah. give us a little bit about your experience in the military uh, and how that shaped you yeah i mean you know i guess i gotta go back to like kind of like when i joined um you know i, I signed up at 17 and you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's such a cliche man but like i i, I got to this realization i don't know if i was 16 or 17 yet but i was you know it was around 16 17 i came to this realization that I was going to need to find something to drastically 
changed the path I was on. And, and like I said, right. this, this is where the cliche comes in. I was either end up in jail, dead, or in the army. Like that's pretty <laughs> much those are my three options. And and you know, again, it's 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 like every cheesy military movie you've ever seen. That's the story, right? And so it, it, as cliche as it is, uh, that is that's kind of where I came from. You know what I mean? And um uh so I so I decided very early on that I was gonna join the army. My dad was in the army. I really didn't even give a thought to the other branches. Uh, this kind of shows you the mentality of like 17 year old David Harrison. I really didn't consider it. My father was in the army for, for 20 plus years. He was in the Marine Corps before that, like 23, 25 years of total service. Wow. And I never even questioned, like, I never even asked him a question as far as like what to do, you know, you know any advice. And like, I just kind of went to a recruiter and said, Hey, I need to go to the army. And I told him, <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm on this path or whatever, you know, like I wasn't going to college. It just wasn't going to happen um and the the job i was in honestly like looking back on it the field that i was i was in i was in the restaurant business and i had actually worked my way up to being a waiter uh by the time i was 16 years old which i don't know how the world is today but at least in colorado in those days that was pretty rare uh and, and substantial which i didn't really understand at the time uh this is kind of diverting off of another tree but i actually my manager when he found out i was joining the army offered me an assistant manager job once i turned 18 if i didn't join the army and in wow. my adolescent mind, right? In my adolescent mind, I'm like, I'm not going to work in the restaurant business my whole life. What are you crazy? <laughs> not realizing like, like that's a pretty good path to be on. So, so again, you know, right. um, lessons learned, but again, I mean, I met my wife, you know, because I was in the army, so I don't regret anything, but just kind of shows you the mindset of, you know, juvenile me um, <laughs> and probably why I was in the situation I was in in the first place. But, you know, so I joined the army. Uh, well, so I go to the recruiter you know, take, take all the tests and everything. He says, I'm good to go. I get all my contract stuff laid out. Uh, he actually, so ironically, he actually worked for my father at one point while they were both at Fort hmm. Carson. So he tried to hook me up with all kinds of stuff. And, you know, me being this, uh, strong, young, independent growing man, I said, no, I don't want any special treatment, which, um, you know, so I turned down bonuses and options that I regret turning down to this day, <laughs> because why wouldn't you want those options and those bonuses? Right. right? But um, you know, that again, just kind of an inside view into who I was back then. And, uh, yeah, one day I brought the paperwork, paperwork to my father and, you know, I told him, uh, joining the army, I need you to sign this paperwork. And he basically looked at me, uh, and he said, you know, you don't really do well following authority and following rules. And if you go, AWOL, don't come home. And so I said, okay, you know, bet. Uh, well, I know what I said. Bet wasn't a thing back then. So I don't know what I said to him, but I said the, the equivalent of bet, you know what I mean? Man. Um, yeah, joined the army, uh, so uh I, I left i was still 17 when i left actually i remember um i got my i got my first issue of uniforms and i got all of my vaccinations on my 18th birthday so that was my 18th birthday present okay. um called my girlfriend at the time from basic training and didn't even know it was my birthday like i, I called her she answered the phone and, you know and she was like happy birthday and uh didn't even know it was my birthday that's just kind of the mindset you're in. so that's i mean like that's the way i started <laughs> and i mean there's there's a lot more to it. Like I accidentally signed up for the job that I signed up for. Like it's it's amazing, bro. <laughs> honestly, that I'm I'm even alive right now. To be to be quite honest, when I look back at me as a younger person, like I don't even know how I made it. Like what was I um, doing? <laughs> yeah. I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to hear the story how I accidentally signed up for my job? Yeah, I want to hear this one. I want to hear this one. I don't, yeah, I, mean, I don't want to take too much time, but like I will tell you. Yeah. I laugh at myself about it all the time. So. All right, so I go to reception, uh, which for those who don't know is is kind of the final step. You go to this building, they they do kind of your final paperwork, final tests. You pee in a cup, they do a physical. You take your ASVAB, you get your official, you know, ASVAB score. I don't know if it's ASVAB anymore. Um, and then you pick your job. If you're in the army, you sign up for your job and you do your final contract. You swear in, and like then you get on a bus, you go to an airplane, you go to base training. Boom, you're in the army. Um, so I go there, I take my I take the ASVAB. 
And so you're in groups, right? They put you in groups and there's like one person that kind of takes you around all the stations as a group. So I go to the ASVAB room, I sit down and it's on computer. I take my test. I'm done. I look around and everybody's still working. So I, so immediately I get nervous. I'm like, I missed something. So I go back through the test. I'm good. <laughs> I look around. People are still working. I'm like, I don't like I like I, I'm, I'm terrified at this point. So I get up. I go to the front of the room. I tell the guy sitting in the front of the room. I'm like, hey, I'm done. And he goes, you're done. I was like, I'm done. And he goes, did you check everything? I was like, I checked everything. I'm done. And he's like, run ahead and catch, catch the next group. So immediately I already know I, I screwed up, right? Like there's no way <laughs> I got done with this test, checked it again. And I'm still done so fast that this dude is surprised and telling me to join the group ahead of me. So I run up, I tell them what happened. And literally the guy that's running that group, he starts laughing and he's like, okay, you know, get over here, whatever. Come to find out, I actually scored really high, which again, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> so I sit down with a contractor and she says, what do you want to do? What, what, what job do you want? What MOS do you want? I said, infantry. And she was kind of surprised. She goes, why infantry? I was like, well, I don't really know anything else. Like I said, I didn't ask any questions. I didn't read any pamphlets. Right. I literally, Darrell, just joined the army. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and she goes, well, she's like, well, listen, she's like, people with your test scores typically don't go infantry. Typically... They go something else. I was like, well, I don't know anything else. She goes, well, what about infantry? You know, attracts you. And I said, I don't know. I'm just joining the army. Like, I, I don't have a goal. And so she said, listen, she goes, military police, they in the field, they do similar things to the infantry. But when they're not in the field, they have another job, obviously law enforcement. And she's like, so that would probably be a better route for you. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, cool, fine. And she's okay. So write down military police and write down infantry on this paper, and we'll see which one we can get you. Darrell. I wrote military police. So she got up and left. So I wrote military police on the first line because I didn't want to forget what she said. That's literally why I wrote it on the first line. Then I wrote infantry, turned in the paper, went and sat in the waiting room, came back. When I came back, the guy said, congratulations, we got you your first choice, which was military police. And the only reason I wrote it first is so I wouldn't forget what she told me. That's how I became a military police soldier. In the United States Army, ladies and gentlemen, that is hilarious, David. <laughs> it's uh, like I don't know what I did. I just put the butt. I just wrote it down. Hey, that's nope. too funny, David. Hey, but that's cool though, man. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's interesting. Look, David's like, all I care about is that I am in the army. All right, yeah, that's what I signed yeah. up for. I am here to be here. That's what. That's all I care about. <laughs> oh my goodness. Man. Well, so you know, obviously, you know, you're no longer in the army. Uh, so thank yeah. you for your service in that time frame, brother. Oh, I appreciate um, it. Uh, but let's talk about how you got into the sports journalism career. What mm. what took over? Wh what was the path that took you on your sports journalism career to where we are right now? All right. So I'm going I'm to try to do this without crying. So uh, six years into my Army career, I had mm -hmm. deployed twice already. And so, so you know, just kind of backing up a little. I, I, I joined the Army September 19th of 2000. So I was I was barely less than a year in the army when 9-11 happened. Um, mm. And so six years in in, in my career, uh, I've deployed twice, um, once to Kosovo for peacekeeping, once to Afghanistan for combat. And uh, I get an opportunity to go canine to be a, an explosive uh, detection dog handler. Um, so I took the I took the opportunity. Uh, and so from 2000, so for, I went to school in 2007. So from 2006, I get the opportunity. 2007, I go to school, uh, come back from school. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in my unit. And eventually this guy comes to my unit in Fort Leonard, Wood, Missouri, as a dog handler uh, by the name of Dick Lee. And he and I immediately hit it off. He's, he's, he's one of the greatest dudes I've met. 
Um, he's a huge football fan. I'm an Ohio State fan. He's a Florida fan. And if you go back to like the early 2000s, you know what I mean? Like Florida yeah. was running Ohio State in multiple sports. So it was not a fun time for me as a Buckeye fan, but it was a fun time for him and, and, my, and I to trash talk each other. Right. Uh, so, again, becomes one of my best friends. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, we end up eventually I deployed Iraq uh, in, in, in 2008. He eventually deploys Iraq in 2009. And, you know, we, did, we weren't in the same location, but any chance we had to be in the same location, we took it. We would go back and we would light, you know, campfires and just sit and talk about our families and talk about, you know, honestly, you know, things the soldiers talk about in combat zones, man. Some of it's morbid. Like, what, you know, if I die, what do I want my wife to do? What about my right. kids? What about this? What about that? And, you know, so we bonded. Uh, fast forward a little bit. I come back from Iraq. I finished my time in Missouri. I ended up in Germany. And he comes to Germany later. Again, a different kennel, but we're both in the same country. Um, and he ends up getting killed uh, in Afghanistan. It was like his oh, man. fourth or fifth deployment. Um, first mission uh, of that deployment, very first mission, he gets he he and his his he was with a special forces unit. They get hit by an anti tank mine. There, I mean, he was in a side by side cart. There's nothing they could do. Um, so he ends up getting killed. And uh, you know that that kind of sent me into a little bit of a spiral. So. Um, I end up with survivor's guilt. Like there's there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of other elements to it on why I end up with a really bad case of survivor's guilt. Man, it sends sends me into this big tailspin, and I mean, uh, just everything like just just breathing became hard. You know what I mean? Uh, and not to mention, I was at my sister's rehearsal dinner in San Diego, California. So I'm from Germany in San Diego, California, with right. my sister and her fiance and my youngest daughter because she's the flower girl. And that's when I find out. So my wife and my other two children are in Germany. I'm in California. Like, it's just, it's a mess, man. So that sends me on kind of this tailspin for a little while, honestly. And, you know, I got to a point where I was just like, I got to make good of this. You know what I mean? Or else it's going to destroy me. Uh, I thought about it. Football was always our thing. And honestly, from like, even before I met him, like when I was talking like football with other soldiers or talk, you know, whatever. Uh, I would coach like flag football teams for our little unit sports and all that stuff. And people all the time would be like, bro, you need to be on ESPN. You need like, you're better than ESPN. You need to be, and you know what I mean? And I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so I kind of just got this bug in my head. I was like, you know what? Like, I just, I, I'm going to pursue this. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I don't know what it's going to do, but I'm going to pursue it. So I talked to my wife and she was, you know, on board. So uh, I reached out, I, I, I literally Googled, I was like, uh, so again, part of, part of who I was still part of who I am. I literally Googled is like the best journalism schools in the country that offer online programs. Because again, I'm in the army. You right. know what I mean? I, I can't go to campus. Uh, Arizona State was the sixth, number sixth ranked journalism school at the time. They were the top one that had a, an, a completely online degree. So I emailed uh, the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism at Arizona State and uh, just started asking questions. The next thing you know, I'm in college and I got my degree and just I've been working up ever since, man. That's awesome, dude, man. That's 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 amazing, man. Sorry for the loss of your friend, man. That, that, I know it can't be easy, uh, you know, but just that perseverance and, and showing, you know, where you came from to where you are now, man. That's that, that's amazing. That That's absolutely amazing. I mean, and look, and you thriving, brother. I mean, let's be honest with yeah. you, y'all. A little bit all over the place. I mean, you you got you mm-hmm. got visual on a lot of things there, uh, you know, and, you know, you do the commanders, you do the bucks. Uh, let's kind of get into that a little bit, man. Let's talk a little bit about the commanders and the Bucks. NFL season is right around the corner. Uh, you've been doing your thing on Locked On. Um, 
on Locked On Sports, excuse me, the Locked On Podcast Network. You've been doing your thing on there. Uh, so I, I got to get inside from the man who's who's talking to him every day. You're in there every day. You're talking. I mean, I'm there too, but I mean, with the commanders, mm-hmm. but you, you got a little bit more in depth in there. So let's talk a little bit about it. What are your outlooks on both the commanders and the Bucks as we head into the 2023 slash 24 season? Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely more bullish on the on the commanders than I am the Buccaneers at this point. Like the the Washington Commanders, I think the defense is just easily one of the top twelve, top you know maybe a top ten unit uh, in the National Football League right now. I think they certainly have the potential to challenge to be in like a top eight uh, unit in the NFL this year if you know if health obviously stays on their side, and then if some of the intellectual football that we're seeing uh, developing over the years under Jack Del Rio continues and even gets better. Um, the offense is obviously where the question is. The offensive line, honestly, is my biggest question. I know a lot of people, their biggest question is quarterback. I'm actually more worried about the offensive line than I am uh, Sam Howell or even Jacoby Brissett if it were to come to that because uh, I, I subscribe to the Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks method of of understanding teams, whereas if you're really good in the trenches, it's hard to be a bad team. But at the same time, if you're really bad in the trenches, it's hard to be a good team. So for the Washington Commanders, if your offensive line is protecting your quarterback, if they're opening holes, for the running back and you know it's not going to happen on every play basis that's just not how the nfl works but if you're doing it more times than not then your team's going to have an opportunity uh to win so i'm more worried and i wouldn't even say worried necessarily just that's my biggest question mark is the offensive line i feel like if that offensive line can do what they need to do at an average level or even better which which would just be a cherry on top then this offense is going to be fine they've got enough playmakers and i have enough confidence in sam howell uh from getting to know him and just from what we've seen in a limited uh, sample size to think that if he has time, if he has protection, if he's not worried about getting hit every single snap, then he'll be able to do his job. So the commanders, I mean, I consider them a wild, wild card contender. You know, what I, mean? that, I, st- I put them in that category in the National Football League. I know that's higher than a lot of people, and some people are going to say, well, that's a homerism type of deal. But again, I'll remind you, I'm a Frankfurt Galaxy fan. I'm not a Washington <laughs> Commanders fan. I wasn't a Redskins fan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm an Art Monk fan. I really loved Mark Art Monk. Like Mark Rippon, I remember he was really cool, really great. Uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of great players from the from the team's franchise, but I've never owned a, a piece of you know Washington memorabilia or, or merchandise. So you know that's and, and I will talk about like legacy and stuff later. But that's you know to to me that's important to understand because I don't come from a, a fandom standpoint, and some people don't like that. Right. Some people would rather hear from a from a Washington fan, and that's fine. Right. But some people understand the value in that because what I'm telling you is not attached to emotion. You know what I mean? Um, uh, same goes for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm not a Buccaneers fan either. And you know, the Buccaneers, I think they they're in a much different position. One, uh, from a talent standpoint, they've got really good talent across the roster. Guys like Antoine Winfield Jr., one of the best up up and coming safeties in the NFL, Vita Vea, arguably the top three, a top three nose tackle in the National Football League. And then you've got some guys that are kind of underrated. Levante David has been one of the better uh, linebackers in his career, I think, without a lot of press. And then even Carlton Davis is one of the better physical corners. But where they don't have those kind of star players, they've got a lot of big question marks, right? So beyond their number two cornerback, Jamel Dean, you know, I, don't, I don't really even know who the third cornerback is. Who's going to be your starting slot? Antoine Winfield Jr. did it last year, but this year they're saying he's not going to do it. Well, who are you going to put in there? And whoever you're going to put in there, not going to be better than, say, even Danny Johnson, who's probably going to be Washington's. Uh, second, potentially even third slot corner, depending on what happens with Quan Martin and Percy Butler, uh, and even Kendall Fuller, Benjamin St. Juice, right? Like, there's a lot of talent in Washington. Yeah, they got they got a lot. Buck, and, <laughs> they got a yeah, good but in Tampa, they're very top heavy. And then the quarterback situation uh, is a question mark. Baker Mayfield, you know, all all things being fair, I haven't gotten to know Baker Mayfield 
uh, as well as I have obviously Sam Howell. Baker just got to Tampa. I don't live in Florida, so I kind of get bits and pieces of opportunities to interact with those guys directly. Um, and then the offensive line is just as big a question mark, if not bigger, because while Washington has Sam Howell or Sam Howell, Sam Cosme moving from one position to another position to start this year. Sam Cosme has at least shown some adequate play as an offensive line, right? Not saying he's great, all pro, whatever, but he's shown adequate level of play for offensive line. The Buccaneers have a left guard turning into a right tackle in Lou Gedeke, which he was a right tackle in college. You know what I mean? So that's fair. But he was a disaster as a left guard. So you've got a disaster starting left guard now moving to right tackle for the first time in the NFL. I don't know how much confidence you're supposed to really have in that. So, you know, so again, the Buccaneers, I put them kind of on the outside looking in. Could they be competitive? Absolutely. They've got enough talent to do it. But where they're weakest, it's really weak. And if and if the other teams, they're going to know it. So if it's a matter of can they exploit it. If they can exploit those weaknesses, they're going to have a really hard time covering up for them. That's, that's tough. I mean, and, and in, in the NFC South, you know, there, there mm-hmm. might be a little bit more of a chance if you look at that. It's like, okay, the, the South as a whole – we don't know exactly where they stand. It could be anywhere. I mean, obviously, I think off paper, most people say, okay, New Orleans is probably the best team in the, um, yeah. in, the in that division. But it's still kind of a toss. We saw how bad that division was last year with Tom Brady in that division. And okay. so uh, the quarterbacks in that division, you got pretty much pretty much two rookie starters, even though Ritter played a little bit last year. So you got, mm-hmm. you know, a guy going to his second year, you got a rookie in Bryce Young. And, and then, you know, you have Baker, who's, you know, been up and down, but he has gotten the team to the playoffs. Um, and and then you have um, uh, Derek Carr, same dream. So it's, it's it could be anything. Uh, on the mm-hmm. Washington front, uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly on the offensive line. That's probably the biggest thing that, uh, that would that worries me going into the season because you know they're, they're to me they're stacked at receiver. I think they're yep. they're in a really good spot at receiver. The tight end room, I think um, Logan Thomas is going to have a little bit of a reemergence than he had last year. He just, he didn't get the ball enough to me when he was playing last year. I was kind of surprised by that, especially the way he was playing the year before. So I looked at it and said, okay, I think that'll be a little bit better. Uh, but you know that's the only thing that I'm really truly worried about is that offensive line. Even on the defensive side, I'd probably go linebacker maybe. But everything mm-hmm. else seems really like good to go. So I, I feel feel you right on that wild card, right on that route wild card line. I personally, right now, haven't finished in second. I don't know. I mm-hmm. people don't like that, but I haven't finished in second right now in that division. That's but it's early. I haven't made no official predictions. It's, it's way early, but right now, at least number two. At least, yeah. I mean, look, uh, I have I've said it on DC radio a couple times in a couple appearances, and I, I'm not gonna shy away from it. Um, our locked on Cowboys hosts aren't going to like it when we do our divisional previews together, but uh, I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to, are going to, going to step back a little bit. You know, um, they've made this really great dedication to playing defensive football, which, uh, I'm a defensive guy. You know what I mean? Like I, right. I prefer defense, uh, over offense personally, but at the end of the day, like in the national football league, it's designed for offenses to win. And again, I mean, look at the Washington commanders, the 13th ranked scoring defense in the NFL last year, the best third down defense, the best fourth down defense, the best, one of the best red zone defenses, the best goal to go defense. And you miss the playoffs by two games, right? You know what I mean? You have to have an offense in this NFL. You can't have nothing but defense. And for the Dallas Cowboys, you know, uh, the biggest, the biggest gap between where I see the Cowboys and other people see the Cowboys is Brandon cooks. And, I see the numbers. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not blind to the numbers. I know he still had like thousand yard production or potential with Houston Texans, despite everything they went through and all that. And and he deserves credit for that. Right. But I just I look at a guy like Brandon Cooks and he's a one he's a one trick guy. If you if you stop the one thing he can do, mm-hmm. he can't do anything else to beat you. And 
CD Lamb, while he's good on his own, he doesn't have Dalton Schultz anymore. The Cowboys got rid of Ezekiel Elliott, which I understand why they did, but now you only have Tony Pollard on an offense that you say is going to be more run-focused. So you've got Tony Pollard and, <laughs> and nothing but unproven young guys behind him uh, going up against defenses in the NFC East. Look at the Washington Commanders, their defensive front, the Philadelphia Eagles with their defensive front, even the New York Giants, who not a lot of people aren't all that high on. They have a very good defensive front right. led by sexy Dexy Dexter Lawrence. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> sexy Dexy. You're baby. going to be a yeah, you're going to be a run first offense, but your biggest off-field moves are getting rid of one of your top two running backs and not replacing him with a legitimate option and bringing in a stretch the field fly route receiver. It doesn't the 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 moves don't fit the philosophy. And I don't know if Mike McCarthy is just trying to be like like pull the fat pull fast one on the NFC East, but he was never that clever in Green Bay. He hasn't Touché. been that clever Touché. in Dallas. <laughs> and Dak Prescott has proven time and time again that he's just not he's not a quarterback that you can put the team on and tell him to climb up the mountain. He's a guy that can certainly steer the car, but right. he's got to have a vehicle around him. And they they've actually taken some some torque out of the engine versus putting in there. And they're gonna flip the card over the defense side of the wall. So I just I think you know. If you put up if you put up twenty two points against Dallas Cowboys, I think you win every game. See, it's Honestly. funny you say it's funny you say it because like they the Cowboys have since they paid Dak, they've taken pieces away from him. That's yeah. the part. That's the part that's been really interesting. And even though I thought they like we all see that they got better on defense, I really thought that they would take. Uh, I thought last year was probably one of their best chances to really make a move. Even even mm-hmm. though they took um, Mari Cooper out of the way, I thought that last year was going to be a big chance for them. And obviously it didn't go that way. And then this year, like you said, you take more pieces away. How do you get better? So I, command is number two in my book, uh, at least right now. And I know it's early, but, you know, I guess when we get to training camp and, uh, you know, we, we'll get to see a little bit more from the team, see how things are going. Now, before we move on to our, our, our next segment, I do got to ask mm-hmm. you about this, even though it hurts my heart. The Denver Nuggets win mm-hmm. the NBA championship for the one over my Miami Heat. Uh, yeah. You know, we talked about it a couple yeah. of weeks ago, but you know, what are your thoughts on uh, you know uh, Jokic and the squad getting their uh, first NBA championship? Yeah, I mean, it's a miracle to be quite honest. <laughs> I mean, you know, again, uh, I I mean, so my basketball fandom, right? Obviously, I was a Jordan guy. Like everybody was a Jordan guy. If right. you if you lived in the eighties or early nineties, you were a Jordan guy, right? Yeah. So obviously, I was a Jordan guy, but I also uh, became a real big Penny Hardaway guy, and you know, Penny and Shaq and magic and the bulls for you know it was a short run rivalry but that rivalry was amazing to me i absolutely loved it uh nick anderson's miss field miss free throws just broke my heart uh back then. i actually think i gave away i think i traded away all my nick anderson cards uh back then when that happened i was just so mad at nick um, you got to go. <laughs> yeah i mean it was you know it was more heartbreaking for him than it was for me but you know right. of course I'm, I'm gonna be petty i'm a child it, it you know that's my excuse um but you know eventually you know i i you know growing up in colorado obviously i started becoming a nuggets fan carmelo anthony you know, I, I got I got kind of back to like the Kenyon Martin. J.R. Smith was one of my favorite players, like the one of the least consistent players in the NBA at all during his career. But he was one of my most favorite. Like I just loved when Jr. had the ball. But anyway, Jr. Um, was fun though. Jr. Yeah, fun. absolutely. Yeah. You know, Chauncey Billups comes in. I love Chauncey. Uh, AI. You know, he wasn't the the you know the full AI, but you know, just having Allen Iverson on a team that you could root for was just amazing for me as a kid. Um, but honestly, man, I never thought they'd win a championship. Like I just I watched it, and it's like. You bring in Chauncey Billups past his prime. You bring in Allen Iverson past his prime. Like the Denver Nuggets have this habit of saying, look, we brought in this big name and Carmelo still can't get it done. And the fans would say, no, no, no. You brought in a big name in his twilight years to not even help Carmelo. 
And then, of course, the trade happens. And then you're just like, okay, this team is never going to win a championship because they're, they're just not about it. You know what I mean? And, and look, if we're being honest, look at this Denver Nuggets team, right? They didn't really go make any drastic moves to no. build a championship team. And I don't want to call it luck either because that takes, you know, stuff away from scouts and coaches and all this stuff. So certainly not coach, but it's a homegrown team. You know, Nikola Jokic, again, I mean, they talked about it all through the playoffs. Yeah, like, a lot, he's, a lot he's, of drafts. Uh, a late round, late NBA draft pick. People are like, yeah, you know, this guy, oh, this guy got picked too. Okay, move on to this commercial. Nobody's even talking about him. I'll admit, when they when they, when they they traded Nurkic and put uh, put Jokic, I was like, what are you doing? Like, why are you trading the better guy? So, I mean, I'll admit it as a Nuggets fan. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Murray, I think, is better than a lot of people expected him to be, although I was always really high on Jamal Murray. Aaron Gordon, bro, when that trade happened, I think I told you this already, when that trade happened, I was like, this is why the Nuggets are never going to win anything. We're trading for guys like Aaron Gordon. What are we? What are we like? This ain't the Manable 2.0. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Kenneth Fareed is years ago. This isn't. This oh. isn't the second coming of Kenneth Fareed. Kenneth which, Fareed. by the way, I, I love that man. You know? Like manable. he had actually, yeah, he and I actually went back and forth a few times on social media back back when he was kind of big. And he's he's a cool dude to talk to. But anyway, um, you know, so I so I owe immense apologies to Aaron Gordon because he is he has become one of those guys. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So I honestly, I kind of almost look at it as like a miracle. That's why I soaked in every moment of it. You know. And I remember telling you, like, bro, the Heat have trophies, and you you still have Eric Spolster. Let the Nuggets right. let us get this one because I don't know if it's ever going to happen. It's all, it's all Crockey, good. <laughs> yeah, like Stan Kroenke ain't paying these dudes. Like I don't like five years from now. I'll tell you right now, five years from now, Jokic is probably going to be the only dude left on this team because the rest of those guys are going to go somewhere else to get paid. Yep. Maybe Jamal, but the rest of those guys are going to be somewhere else because Stan Kroenke is not going to pay it's gonna his be, NBA franchise. He's focused on the Rams. It's going to be just like, in my opinion, I feel like it would be like the Mavericks. You know, like how they, yep. they stuck oh, with Dirk good. for a while after the fact, and then it's like, look, I got my big piece. You know, we got a ring. We're, you know, we're good for a while. Let's be honest with you. We're yeah. good for a while. That's how some just think you get that championship. You know, they like, all right, we, we're good for at least 10 years before we have to really start stressing. We just got to either stay relevant or stay in the mix and we'll be fine. And a lot of that's how some some organizations, they won't admit it. But I think that's a lot, a lot of them think. And oh, so yeah. but it's all good, though. You got the chip. It was well deserved. It hurt. I'm not going to lie. Not it sure. hurt. But yeah. I'm happy for the Nuggets. If it was like the Lakers, I would be like, eh. you know, if it was somebody that's gotten multiple championships, like, no. But yeah, yeah. to see a team or see a franchise, see a fan base, uh, get a um, get a ring in that circumstance is great. And look, let's be honest with you, Stan Kroenke has been killing it. I mean, we're talking mm. about three major championships, not including yeah. the, um, the the other hockey league. And I'm don't destroy me for that. But, you know, you got the, the Rams, the Avs and the Nuggets in within a year yeah. and a half. That's amazing. So, you know, that Walmart money combined with his money, right on in there, baby. And that's a It pains Walmart me to praise Stan Kroenke. Yeah. <laughs> I know, man. Uh, <laughs> it pains me to praise Stan Kroenke. But you're right. I mean, look, the dude is, he's, I mean, he's he's living the dream. You know what I mean? Like, so, you know, I'm happy for him as a human being. But, man, bro, let's but let's get some players in. But, you know but I mean? besides that, you know, we'll go from there. Let's figure out what the Rams doing later. All right, that is it. Let's go ahead and head to my favorite segment. It's time for Quick Wars. Ready for the David Harrison version of Quick Ones here on One on One? Okay, great. I that that that's worth that's good enough for me. All right, so here we go. First quick one. Favorite sports moment. What was your favorite? I mean, probably just lived it. What was your favorite sports moment? Uh, you know, for all time. What's your favorite sports moment? It could be as an athlete, it could be what we just saw about a month or so ago. What's your favorite sports moment? I don't have any favorite sports moments as an athlete. <laughs> there's, there's none. There's none to brag about. Um, <laughs> Rocking the Griffin. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, the Avalanche's first 
first Stanley Cup, honestly, the Avalanche's first Stanley Cup, because great. that's a team. And I know, like you mentioned, they came from Canada, right? So, like, I, you know, I, I, I say, like, I've been a fan of the Avalanche since they existed, but like, I know the franchise existed in a previous form, mm-hmm. but like, that is the first team. I mean, and again, you know, you kind of listen to the way I grew up. Like, I was born in, in Oklahoma at Fort Sill. We moved to upstate New York. We moved to Germany. Like, I'm just, I'm from everywhere. I don't have a hometown. You know what I mean? So, the Avalanche are the only true team that I kind of look at. I'm like, I've been a fan of this team from day one. You know what I mean? So when the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, like to like like I collected newspaper clippings. Right. Um, I wasn't able to go to the the parade, unfortunately, but I watched the parade um on television. We all got this day off of school and I was able to watch it on television. Like just uh actually I don't even know we're in school. Anyway, whatever it was, I remember watching on television. <laughs> um and just the way, because I mean, like Patrick Waugh, Joe Sack, Peter Forsberg, yes. Adam Foot, like Adam Foot man. was, yeah, That's Adam Foot was one of my favorite players as a defense. Again, I'm a defensive guy, right? So Adam Foot, Adam Deadmarsh, like those kind of guys, like. And it's funny because Cal Foot, his son, Adam Foot's son, one of Adam's son, Adam Foot's sons. Uh, I don't know if he still does actually, to be quite honest with you. But uh, when I when I got stationed in upstate New York, I found out that he was playing for the Tampa Bay Lightning's farm team, so mm. he was part of the Syracuse Crunch hockey team. And as soon as I found out, I started going to Syracuse Crunch games to watch Cal Foot, this defensive prospect in the Tampa Bay Lightning system. Amen. And then he got called up to the Lightning last season. And so I immediately called up my ticket guy for the Caps and I was like, hey, you got to get me to a Caps Lightning game. And I go there rooting for the Caps, right? Because I now live in the DMV. So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm rooting for the Caps. So that's my home team now. So I'm rooting for the Caps. But at the same time, I'm looking at, at Cal Foot. I'm like, I want Cal Foot to turn this game. Like, I want him to be a defender and get a hat trick. I don't even know how it's going to happen. But I want this <laughs> defender to get a hat trick. You know what I mean? Unfortunately, he gets cleaned by a dirty hit. I can't remember which Caps player it was. Uh, but, yeah, anyways. And there were just fights all night long, which, you know, is, is fun in its own right as well for a hockey fan. But, yeah, man, I mean, I just, you know, that loyalty there to the to the Avalanche, that Avalanche team specifically. And, I mean, still to this day, like, you go to Colorado, like, Joe Sackick is a legend. Peter Forsberg is a legend. Patrick Waugh is a legend. You know what I mean? So those guys are, are forever going to hold a special place in my heart. Yeah, that's why I think I'm excited for week two. Um, you know, when we, you know, week two of the NFL season, they go to Denver. Mm-hmm. And I've never been to Denver. So I said to myself, I'm going to whatever Avalanche store I can go to to grab Mm -hmm. some Avalanche stuff. I mean, there's stuff online, but I mean, it's different when you're there in the city. So I I'm going to make that a point. I tried to I was praying that they would be playing because I've never been to a hockey game like live. I've watched it many times, but that's the one out of my sports. I have not had a chance, but they play the week after. And so mm. I was like, ah, mm. <laughs> they were playing the day. I'd be in there, but it's all good. Very excited. Yeah. I still can't wait for that. Let's go to the next one. Worst sports moment. Worst sports moment. Uh, I have to say when Nick Anderson missed those free. <laughs> <laughs> it's still bothering. Like, no, nah, man. Yeah. I mean, just the heartbreak of it. You know what I mean? Because, uh, you know, as as an adult, it's, it's not as 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 bad, but like. As a kid, I remember watching him shoot those and like my heart's pounding. You know what I mean? And again, I kind of have this conflict. Like I'm an MJ fan, but at the same time, like this is now my team. Like, you know, to a sense, in a sense, like the Orlando Magic had kind of become my team at that point in time. So like this is this is kind of a transcend transcendent moment for me as a fan right. where my new squad is about to best my old squad. And you know, after those misfree, I mean, it was over after that. Like you might as well, they might they might as well just packed up and gone home. I mean, I don't have the, the clearest memories as of how young I was, but like I do remember, like that was pretty much your, your chance. You go back to like LeBron uh, with the Cavs when Jr. Uh, you know messed up and and thought they they had the game secured and all that stuff. Like I remember that series, like pretty much from that moment where Jr. could have made a pass or made a play, and the Cavs maybe pull out that win. From that moment on, it was kind of like the Cavs weren't really in it 
anymore after that. Right. And I remember the magic after those missed free throws. It was kind of the same way. Man, it was tough. It's tough. That, that is a tough one. That's, I still remember that myself. Next one. Favorite athlete growing up? I mean, it's Penny. It's Penny. Uh, I'm not. I'm not wearing them right now, actually. But I've got. A, I've got a few pairs of pennies uh, that I walk around in, and I treat those things. You know, I know people like you know wear their Jays, and don't get me wrong, I love my Jays, but uh, I treat my pennies a little bit more special than I do uh, my Jays. So Penny is he? Yeah, I, I had a lizard named Penny at one point in time. Like Penny, <laughs> my dad, that's I, I still follow him on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like he's that's my dude. So, yeah. It, I, Penny Hardaway. Yeah, well, VCU plays them this year, and um, I was hoping they were coming to VCU because I was very excited. Yeah. I saw Penny Hardaway at the airport one time when I was at the Essence Music Festival, and that's the only time I mm. seen him. He was coming down the escalator. Never got a chance to talk to him, but I was like, "Yo, that's Penny I was gonna Hardaway. Say, yeah. pretty cool. I wouldn't even talk to him. I would hide. wouldn't even talk to him. <laughs> All right, now let's go to the fun ones on quick ones. First one: What's your worst? What's the worst cereal ever? Like just the worst cereal ever. The worst what? Cereal cereal yeah worst cereal ever yeah, yeah um lucky charms lucky charms the cereal the cereal has no taste and the marshmallows are gross <laughs> uh, trash. trash marshmallows hard, oh hard marshmallows I and mean, yeah, no. that's off they're, they're they're the worst that's a good one that's a good one uh last one on quick ones you are going on an exotic fishing trip man and you get to pick mm. three famous people slash celebrities to kind of go with you you go hang out on the boat all day who are you taking with you to um and they could be dead or alive if that's what you wanted to do uh but give me okay. three people that you would love to have uh on this fishing trip uh so first foremost i'm taking penny right i mean yeah i'm probably not gonna it. talk to him probably just gonna hide on the other end of the boat but you know <laughs> i'm gonna take penny um i'm gonna take denzel oh okay denzel. Um, so it's interesting, and I don't know if you want to get into this, but I actually have this argument going on with two of my really good friends that I say that Denzel Washington has very limited range as an actor, but I still like I still love him. I just don't think he has all that much range as an actor. Anyway, that's totally totally different discussion. Um, Denzel and I don't know who another one would be. Um, for this for the sake of just just not making this drag on way too much, uh, Ryan Reynolds actually right. that would probably be a really yeah. fun trip. Yeah, I, yeah. I just feel I feel like on that trip you'll get your basketball stories, you'll get you'll get the you'll get the you know hear from that. Then you get the guy that's gonna make you laugh the whole time. He's yeah. probably gonna be cracking jokes. And, and if he brings his his gin, it's even better. It's even better. Yeah. It's even better. <laughs> All right, everybody. That was it for the David Harris David Harrison version of quick ones here on 101. And now it is time for us to go ahead and finish this bad boy up. It's time to leave your legacy. Right now, David, before we get to this last one, thank you for coming on, brother. We truly appreciate it. It's definitely been a fun one. Uh, I, I got to learn a little bit more about you today, my man. And uh, <laughs> I, I really appreciate I really appreciate you coming on for that. Yeah, I appreciate you. Well, let's go ahead and finish it up. If uh, I, I just want to know when it's time for you to exit the sports journalism game, uh, you know, and you're out chilling and you're with the family later on and you decide to hang it up, hang up the microphone, hang up the pen. If you ever do that, uh, what what type of legacy do you want to leave behind uh, in that perspective? You know, it's I've been thinking about this because like I knew this question was coming. I'm trying to come up with like a really cool answer. Honestly, I'm going to give an answer that I think a lot of people are going to view as kind of a cop out answer. But it's 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 the God's honest truth. Um, I don't have a legacy that I want to leave behind because. The way the way I look at this, 
I look at I look at sports journalism a lot the way that I looked at army leadership, right? And and being an army leader, like I never went into it saying this is who I want this person to know Sergeant Harrison as, right? Though I believe your legacy is left by the people you influence, right? Right. And the only way to influence people truly is to do it honestly. And for me, and, and again, this is different for everybody, right? But for me, if I come at this trying to say like here's how I want to influence Darrell. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be authentic. You know what I mean? Right. I'm going to be putting right. on a show that I think you want to see. So the only way for me to do things correctly in my, in my opinion is to just be authentically me. And that includes being truthful. That includes, you know, having integrity and, and something that I always try to remind myself of is like, you know, I'll write something and some like, some like diehard, like Redskins here, like the eighties will be like, Hey bro, like this is wrong. Like what you wrote here, you're not understanding the context. And I'm like, cool. Like, thank you for teaching me that. You know what I mean? And I think in, in today's world, a lot of that kind of gets lost. We all got get kind of superbly like defensive. You know what I mean? But that's just how I approach it, man. Like I just, if I, if I say something, I mean it, you know what I mean? And it's what I believe now, if I get new information and that change, you know, in, in media, you know, how this goes like we, we start off the season, love and Sam, Howell. he comes out, he throws 16 interceptions in four weeks. And then we probably like, needs to be benched. <laughs> And it's going to be, it's going to be hold up four weeks ago, bro. You loved him and now you hate him. This is why we hate media because you're wishy-washy. Well, it's new information. You know what I mean? But yeah, what I can tell you go. is, yeah, what I, what I can tell you is everything I say is going to be true in that moment. Now, moments change, context changes, matters, situations change. So a week from now, maybe I give you a different answer, but that's an authentic answer for that time and period that we are. And I'm never going to put on a show. I'm never going to say something for the sake of getting people to like me or getting people to react a certain kind of way. I'm never mm -hmm. going to write things that way. And you know, that's caused some conflict, honestly, in some, in the past, not right now, but in the past with like previous publishers and stuff, people have kind of said like, Hey, we want you to take this angle. I'm like, I don't see that angle. So I'm not going to write that angle. I'll write this angle because this is hey, right. how I see it. You know what I mean? And then that's just kind of how, you know, the, the, the biggest blessing I have is that I don't need um, this. I want this. You know what I mean? And I don't yeah, know if that's a good way yeah. to put it. No, no, I that's like the best that. way I, like I can put it. I like so, that. Yeah. So I like that. And but at the same time, I also like I, I just try to respect the audience. So if you read something I write, like that's I guess that I don't know if that's a legacy, but like that's the biggest thing I would like people to know about how I do my business is everything I do is done with the utmost respect to the the subject and to the to the consumer, right? Um, like you know, we've talked about this. I've had a lot of conversations with Sam Howell over the right. last year, right? right? Third string quarterback, fifth round draft pick. Honestly, there's not a lot of people at his locker. So for a guy like me, who like I'm like roaming around like, oh, there's 30 people around Terry McLaurin right now. I'm going to go talk to Sam. And we've talked football. We've talked family. We've talked, you know, we've just BS. We've talked about television shows. You know what I mean? And so I truly like Sam Howell, the person. But if Sam Howell goes out there and he's not a good quarterback for this team, I'm going to tell you that he's not a good quarterback you for this it, team. I'm going to do it as respectfully as I can. You know what I mean? Like you're never going to hear me go, "Oh, Sam Howell's trash. Get him out of here. Kick him out. Kick. Don't even turn off his key card." Like I'm never going to be the Skip Bayless of the Locked On Commanders podcast. You know what I mean? Right. Like because I have respect for Sam. I have respect right. for these players. I have respect for what they go through, what they do, and I also have respect for the audience because I don't. I don't think the audience, like if that's your what you're getting, truthfully, you're not getting honest analysis that's not analysis that's it's 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 uh i don't even know what to call it it's heresy you know what i mean yeah um so that's just that's just kind of where i come from man and i guess that's kind of the biggest thing i would like people to know but really whatever legacy i leave whether it's on you on a listener on you know another younger journalist uh you know something like that um it's gonna be up to them they're the, they're gonna be the ones uh just like the young soldiers before me 
they're going to be the ones that tell the story of who I was in my profession, not me. Uh, so that's, you know, that's going to be up to them. I love it, David. I'm serious. That's, that's an amazing answer, brother. I, I, I mean, and, 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 no, no, and I don't think you copped out on it. I think I think that's a okay. that's a very good way to see it. And I think people don't realize, you know, sometimes it's not about, you know, I tell people, I say, you know, Legacy Maker, the, the, the purpose of the network is to help people get to that next level. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, we want the network to, you know, be great. We want it to do good. But if I can help some person get to where they want to be in this, that's great. That mm-hmm. for me, that 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 I feel like I've done my job. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like I've done my job to get that person to the next level. And and you made a great point. If people can always go back and be like, man, you know what? Derailed helped this person did or helped me in this way. If I know I did that, I'm okay with that. You know, like I, I don't have to have people go and and thank me and and go, oh, man, thank you so much. Oh no, by all means, if you decide to, that's great. That is yeah. absolutely fine. But like I said, my job is to help you elevate to that spot. It'll give me something warm inside knowing that I helped you. But, you know, but I don't need it in order for it to be like, oh, look what I've done today. I've I've helped four journalists become this. So I, I, I feel you, brother. I feel you, brother, on yeah. that. Hey, now, before we go, uh, mm-hmm. tell people where they can find you, brother. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah, uh, so I'm on Twitter at dharrison82. I'm not going to lie. I'm not that good of a follow, so I don't know if I'd recommend it. Um, I'm not very active on Twitter. I'm just I'm just not very good at it. I tweet a lot on game days. That's that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, Locked On Commanders five days a week. Locked On Bucks uh, three to five days a week. You know what I mean? Um, I've got a co-host there, so it just kind of depends on the schedule. But yeah, writing for BucksGameDay.com, writing for CommanderCountry.com, writing for InsideTheWizards.com. Um, and you know, I write for some other sites too, but it's more aggregation things like somebody from NFL.com said this and said that. So, uh, yeah, you can find me anywhere there. I'm on threads as well. That's a new thing. Threads. I'm on there as well. I'm just as good at threads as I am Twitter. So I don't know if I would even <laughs> recommend that, but, um, I'm better on subtext. So there's a, I don't know if you know what subtext is, but basically the first time if I've you heard go it. to, yeah, if you go to join subtext.com slash locked on commanders, you can sign up. It's a subscription-based service. But you can sign up, and I'm a lot better on that, honestly, because you're paying for it. So if you're paying for it, I'm gonna make sure you get, you know what I mean? Like I'm not, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, I'm not gonna let you give me money for nothing. Like you're, you're gonna get some, gonna some stuff. So I'll give people like previews of episodes, or like if I talk about something, maybe I'll give them like a little bit more in depth of, of something. I'm, I've got some, uh, I've got some charting episodes coming up, some film watch episodes uh, that I'm gonna do that uh, I've got access to some, some, some data and some film that not everybody has access to. So I'm going to share. Uh, as much as I can of that with those people. So again, so you're paying for it, you're going to get something that not everybody can get for free. But uh, by and large, I mean, I'm accessible. I was just DMing on Twitter with a, with a, a commander's fan from England. Um, he's coming for training camp for the first time ever. He was asking me if I knew some information about some fan engagement stuff. So I tracked down an answer for him. So I mean, I'm, ac- I'm accessible anywhere. But if you if you do the subtext thing, I'm better at it because, you know, I, I want to make sure you get your money. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to pay me, I'm going to make sure I take good care of you. <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not going to do you dirty on that one. Oh, man. Well, look, everybody, this has been episode 99. Now, before we uh, really leave, I know I always like to say that, but before we leave, I got to introduce next week's guest. Oh, Renee uh, Washington. Let's yes. go. Yes. Nice. Yes. The Dang amazing it. Renee Washington will come in and kick us, right? Get every, get everything rolling as we enter the hundreds here on one-on-one. Renee Washington, sports reporter for ESPN and MSG Sports yeah. Network. She's the model CEO, one of the best, uh, a Hall of Fame. I didn't even put this on the, the thing, but Hall of Fame um, soccer player. So we're going to get into all of that. And that episode's actually going to air on Monday, not Sunday next week. Uh, so we're going to get a chance to, to meet up with Renee 
and, and get things rocking and rolling from there. Uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about that and <laughs> can't wait to have Renee on. But look, this has been episode 99 with my man, David Harrison. David, thank you once again, brother. Thank y'all all for tuning in. We truly, truly appreciate y'all being here for this. Uh, it is, uh, it's been one of the funnest things. And just a quick heads up, we got a couple more interviews before we hit to our power rankings uh, version of one-on-one, which will start uh, right before week one of the NFL season. So be ready for that. Once again, everybody, I am Darrell Lawrence. This is Mr. David Harrison. We will see you all next time here on one-on-one. Legacy Maker, the All Sports one, Network. One, 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 one. Welcome to the one on one, one on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, truth. Then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the.